0: Welcome everybody to the Moose Room. OG3 here. Myself, I'm Emily, Dr. Joe, and Dr. Bradley J. Hines, tenured professor, of course. And today we are going to be talking a little bit about a topic that isn't directly related necessarily um, on the beef or dairy side, but is very much a component of cattle production and really any agricultural production and that is agricultural confined spaces safety. So when we say confined spaces, we are talking about grain bins, silos, manure pits, anything along those lines, Uh, you know, again, confined space and, you know, those are big causes or, you know, components in accidents and in fatalities as well.
1: This is something that, you know, Emily brought it up and it it surprises me how little we talk about it and how big of a problem it can be. I mean, everyone, I think if you've worked, if you've been in agriculture long enough, you know someone or a friend of a friend that's had an issue with something in one of these areas and it's scary and it's super dangerous. So I'm I'm glad we're talking about it today. It isn't directly related to anything that goes moo Today, but it it definitely is an important topic and, and it's something that everyone in agriculture deals with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's especially prevalent in, you know, the upper Midwest or, you know, North Central region, however you want to define it. Uh, you know, the the states that usually have the most cases are Minnesota, North Dakota, Illinois. Um, and so it definitely is an area of concern for agriculture across the country, but up here even more. In, in 2019, Minnesota led the nation in confined spaces, incidents, and fatalities. And wow. thankfully, in 2020, uh, we, we gave up the crown to Illinois, uh, but we're still historically in the top three for all time. And so it, like you said, Joe, is something that we maybe don't talk about much. And And to me, like we cannot talk about it enough. So I'm really excited to be able to dive into it a little bit deeper here today. And again, this is not just grain bins, this is silos. It can be silage piles, you know, bunkers, any of those things, anything where there's a danger of entrapment.
1: Yeah, I, I think I've dealt with, you know, bunk faces the most. And, and that's just what I've seen the most. And I've been in practice is, is bunk faces and and how far away you really need to stand and how much you need to be looking at that face before you approach it and make sure that it's stable, those kind of things. I just, I don't deal with anything upright very often. Brad, do you guys still utilize a silo up at Morris?
2: No, nothing like that anymore. We've gone away from all, all upright silos.
1: Is this part of it? Is it, is it partly a safety issue or why, why did you go away from them?
2: Oh, of course there's always safety issues. And even recently, they went away from upright silos at the campus area in St. Paul because of safety issues. They're just, you know, they, they all these silos they're 30, 40 years old or, or more, and there's just lots of, they're not new anymore. So lots of safety issues related to them.
0: A lot of those things, you know, from even 30, 40 years ago, they, they were not designed with safety in mind, you <laughs> right. know, they, they just weren't. That's the fact, the fact of it. And, You know, that's why even when we talk equipment safety or anything, the biggest issue is always the older pieces of equipment that don't have guards or these different safety pieces of equipment in place. And then, you know, retrofitting them. Some people, they can't afford to do it. They just don't want to do it. So, yeah. And and we know across the state, across the region, we have a lot of structures on farms that are older than me. Probably older than Bradley, maybe a few, old, oh, which
1: is a old lot. to be clear. Yeah,
0: that, that's old. very old, very old. Yes.
1: <laughs> Before we shouldn't get too far here. I'm like, let's. Can you just describe the biggest danger associated with grain bins or silos?
0: Kind of like I already said, entrapment is the thing we're concerned about in any confined space. I will briefly say, you know, when we're talking about anything with manure storage and handling any of that entrapment, yes. And more specifically on that side, um, you know, gas poisoning, asphyxiation, those types of concerns. And so kind of switching back here, just to talk about kind of any feed storage. So bunks, upright silos, grain bins, all of that. What we're really concerned about there, again, it's, it's the entrapment piece. And a lot of it has to do with management of the crop Uh, before and during its time in the storage facility. Last year, I know we, there were a lot of grain related entrapment incidents because a lot of crop that went into bins or silos, what have you, was really, really wet. And so it required people to check on it more often and when grain is really wet, it's more likely to kind of cake up and it can make a bridge or it can cake up along the sides or the walls of a bin or a silo. And then when you knock it down, there can be avalanche. If you're on top of bridged grain, it collapses, can you know fall on you. So a lot of those, like I said, the main thing we're looking at here is, again, management. A lot of this has to do with management because most often, Entrapment cases, it's because people went into the bin. And I always tell the farmers I work with, there is almost no reason you should go into a bin, especially without any sort of safety equipment on. Um, and I understand that, yeah, when you do have those spots that get stuck or you know there's crusted grain that you need to knock out, uh, making sure that you're approaching that situation with safety as the first thing. And, you know, that's a lot of those pieces are, you know, PPE, that's that's your last line of defense. You know, the first line is, is your management. And then the intermediate line is, you know, the way you're going to approach and solve the problem. So I think that safety equipment is really important in this equation, but we can't depend on it fully. I mean, it can't just be like, oh, we can mismanage our grain because, oh, we have a harness for when we go in the bin. Uh, that's, that's not how it works. It definitely starts on the front end.
1: That, that makes sense. You know, we talk about management, we talk about prevention all the time. So uh, if you don't ever have to go into the, the bin to begin with, then it shouldn't be an issue. But let, let's say that I, I do have to go into the bin. What is my list of standard safety equipment that I should have if I have to go in?
0: And I'll kind of back up further than that, as far as just safe practices, one thing would always be make sure there is somebody outside of the bin. So if something does go wrong, there's somebody there immediately that can call 911. And with that said, that second person, if something does go wrong, should never try to complete a rescue. because we I mean, we've heard case after case and what was it, I think two winters ago in Minnesota, uh, we lost two adults and a child because it was a dad and an uncle trying trying to rescue the child and all three of them, unfortunately, passed away. I know, especially when it's family, you want to get in there, you want to save your loved one. uh, But it's so important that you remember your role is to get the people who have the equipment to provide the proper help to get the person out. So that's one thing. Um, Another one is having some sort of lockout takeout system. So making sure any and all equipment in and around the bin is turned off and you know, and that's very simple. If if you have a bin or something that empties from the bottom or there's a grain vacuum in there, uh, it's really easy to get pulled in uh, to the funnel of grain. And, and we know like grain is slippery, right? Uh, so it's hard to get yourself out. You have nothing to grip onto. So those are kind of the safety practices. And then when we're talking equipment, always a harness. Uh, I also advise people you know make sure you do have your cell phone so that if you are able to make a call uh that's that's useful of course the person outside the bin should be there too and able to make a call but you just you never know a properly attached harness um, having it again properly attached to your body but then also uh, to its anchor point outside the bin as well. Um, and then two you know keep in mind that, there are respiratory issues, auditory issues. So hearing protection, uh, a respirator or some sort of face covering if you need it, you know, just some sort of filter uh, because uh, another hazard of, of grain bins is grain dust explosions. Um, and, and I mean, those are usually fatal. And so it's important that we're, again, in management preventing from that too but it, just knowing that that dust is present, uh, it's important to make sure that we have all of the right PPE on for that.
1: So one of the things that I I see with with upright grain bins or silos is that sometimes people retrofit them a little bit and try to take these old structures and make them a little safer. Is that is that something you recommend? Are there certain things that you think of right away that you should add to a, an old upright if you're still gonna use it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Stairs, if you can. If there is a ladder, uh, a cage that goes all the way down the length of the ladder. I know our silo on my home farm from growing up. There was a cage, but only at the very top of the silo. So you were free climbing for a lot of it. And I mean, I couldn't even guess off the top of my head, but it was a it was a pretty tall silo. I mean, if if you fell, you it was going to be bad. Um, So anything like that that's really external to the structure um, is a retrofit that you can make. Another big thing, like I said, it's about grain quality and a lot of the time people are going to check the quality and there are all sorts of gauges and meters and other cool gadgets now that allow you to check those things from outside of the bin. So for me, any equipment that is going to make you moving around the outside of the bin safer, anything that's going to prevent you from going into the bin is a good idea. You know, those are kind of the main things. Well,
1: it's good that you can put a sensor in a grain bin too. It's not just cows that you can do
0: Oh yeah. With. You can put a sensor in anything these days.
1: <laughs> so one of the things that I think about all the time is like, you know, if people are, if they move away from an upright, now what? And maybe this is more of a, a, a question for Brad as well, but what do you do with it? It's just sitting there now empty. Like you kind of feel kind of bad that it's doing nothing for you, but it's taking up space. So, so what, what next?
2: There's a lot of things that you can do. You know, if you, if you think about it from silage standpoint, you can put it in bags. Yep. You got all that plastic and that's a whole nother discussion for another day, but they're a lot easier to manage. Granted, you need to have new equipment, bagging equipment or you can just make a pile and and cover it you know that that's that can happen too we we do both at our research center we bag stuff and we pile it and you know you think about it people put corn in a upright as well you can put that in a bag too so uh, those those are the the two popular ones you know there's we can think about lots of other things too but but, Joe, but, did
0: you mean, what do you do with yeah. like the structure what, after you're done? using it? What do you do it? with
2: the silo? That's
1: what I'm saying. Bradley,
0: you dummy. <laughs> no,
1: I mean, that's a good question too. And that's that, I mean, it's important to know you, okay, what you are your just other leave options. It there.
2: You leave it there. It's yeah. a tombstone on the prairie.
1: <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, there's gotta yeah. be something you can do with it. I've seen some people take them down which uh, we should probably talk about that um, for a second. Yeah. Yeah, And
0: that's, that's what I was going to say, you know, a lot of these structures and I think of, you know, we all know the old gray silos, right. And they're kind of built out of these blocks. Um, And yeah, over time, if you just let it sit, you know, they start to wear down, there's cracks. uh, So there is a risk of, of collapse. And I think we've all seen, you know, videos of that happening on social media Um, And I know even sometimes when you bring a crew in to have them taken down, that can happen. And I do think that, you know, you, you have to judge the condition of the structure. Obviously, there is cost associated with needing to take it down. But from a safety standpoint, that's kind of the way to go, I think. Um, And also from a pest management standpoint, if you just have this big empty structure, probably with a little bit of feed left in it, if you want to have a raccoon hotel, you totally can. But if you don't, uh, you might want to think about taking it down. And I know on our home farm growing up, we had a couple uh, silos that we took down and just had, you know, the big concrete slab up still. And and that was fine. You know, they're about two, three feet tall, Um, good for lumber storage. So the main options are are leave it or take it down. Like I said, you know, you have to be a judge of what the structural soundness is of these pieces and if they can stay up a little longer, fine. And, and if not, yeah, definitely take them down because imagine, you know, are you going to spend more money taking it down or spend more money if it collapses and crushes your barn or your house?
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I wish there was another use for them, but they're just. It just isn't. Well, let, let's talk about bunkers instead for a little bit. We've got upright safety. So what walk me through all the things you need to watch for when it comes to to making a pile or or making a bunker.
0: Yeah. Well, you already hit on a big one at the beginning, and that is face management. You are not facing your piles properly. They are, you know, an avalanche risk. And you may think, oh, it's no big deal. It's just a silage pile, but you know, on some of these farms, you get up to those piles, those faces, they're tall, like if that collapses onto you, it can bury you. And so that's a big one. And so with that, outside of the face management, just general management, making sure when you're filling the bunker, it's being packed properly, uh, in order to prevent molding and and other issues from coming up. Uh, You know, because again, too, that's also your feed. So it's about you know, your bottom line, too, in preserving some of this. So yeah, the big things are are proper packing and then just proper management as you go. You know, don't take off more than you need at a time. Don't leave random piles in the bunker. Uh, You know, make sure you're only taking off the plastic as you need it. Uh, Because again, just like with grain, you you need to be properly managing this crop and, and this feed stuff. And that you know, is going to play a role again in in having viable feed for your cattle and also preventing anything from going wrong.
2: One thing I would like to say, I I think, you know, don't be afraid to get a a silo dealer equipment or, you know, people like that out to inspect your bunker. You know, we had that, we did that last year because we, we thought, well, our, one of our slabs on our bunker fell over, just fell over and it happens it's 30 some years old and so we had to have somebody out and inspect it just to make sure the bunker was still sound and and it is um it for some reason you know the glue or all that just gave up so we repaired that portion but you know don't don't be afraid if you haven't had a, somebody out to look at your bunker silo once you know just do it to see if it's sound and i know it's it's tough because we were all like well what are we going to do if we we don't have that bunker anymore but we had to make sure that it was sound and and it worked because that slab could have just fallen on the TMR mixer, the tractor. You just never know when you're going. An employee. Yeah. Right. An employee. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And that's a really good point, Bradley, that I missed before. And that goes for anything. So upright silos, grain bins, uh, you know, once, once they hit kind of that 10 to 15 year old mark, you should be getting them inspected on a somewhat regular basis every few years, Um, yeah, just to check for structural soundness. And they can also check there, you know, is there leaks? Is there cracks? Because that doesn't only impact the structure, but also can impact the quality of the feed that's in there. You know, if there's a lot of cracks and you get a heavy rain event, um, then you're getting more overly wet feed, spoiled feed, moldy feed, et cetera. So yeah, really, really excellent point, Bradley.
1: So the last thing that we mentioned already that we need to talk about is manure storage. And you kind of briefly mentioned it, but again, let's just quickly walk through the biggest concerns. What are the some of those prevention type things that we can do so that we can stay as safe as possible?
0: Yeah, well, once again, like with any of this, and you know, our, our favorite theme here on the Moose Room is management. You know, if you are properly managing your pits and lagoons, you shouldn't have any problems. The biggest concern with manure always is gas, and a lot of people that can get trapped in manure storage facilities, uh, they usually end up dying of, of gas poisoning, asphyxiation, those types of things. And so, it is so so critical that if you do need to enter the manure pit, that you're being very mindful of the gas levels, of what your PPE is. Is there somebody else out there? And again, just like with the grain bin things, there there are. All sorts of sensors you can put in it, uh, you know, to be checking the gas levels so that if you do need to go in and make a repair or check something, um, you'll know if, if it's, you know, too high and safe or, or too low. And, you know, I also really want people to exercise caution around lagoons, you know, and outdoor pits. I think we think a lot about the pits that are under the barn, all of those, but people have died from agitating manure in, in outdoor pits. Uh, simply because if we're having a thermal inversion, so like when you see fog and stuff, that air's not dissipating properly. And so I know that there was a, a farmer in Wisconsin a few years back that he was agitating the pit, and his family couldn't find him for hours, and they found him laying next to the tractor. And there was a pen of steers right near that pit as well, and all the steers also died of gas poisoning. So. It is a thing where, you know, with that, yeah, being super mindful of the weather and what's going on with that, you know, we want to make sure that that air can dissipate and that it's not just sitting at the surface when we're agitating the pit. And a lot of that has to do with the time of day as well, uh, because it's more common to have that thermal version in the morning. So keeping those things in mind, um, it's it's basic, basic stuff, but like I say, with anything with farm safety, it's always good to get another reminder. And I think for any of these situations, just getting a sensor to know what your gas levels are. So there you go, Bradley, there's your sensor plug.
1: Yeah, so sensors for gas and then just physically being entrapped as well is uh, is another big piece of this. I've been around some very outdated and some very, very, very scary pits and how deep they are. I mean, you know, you might see 14, 15 feet deep, and not a whole lot of railing around the outside. So I mean, it, it, watching where you're walking, knowing where everything is, uh, not trying to save animals that may or may not get in those areas. Uh, and, and doing all that safely is all a big concern as well.
0: Yeah. And one more thing I would mention on that is, um, I do know, you know, some farms that specifically dairy farms, they maybe, you know, reclaim sand or doing something like that, uh, where they will actually have people on equipment, you know, skid loader, something like that, um, in the shallow part of the pit, you know, moving around manure, getting some of that sand back. And, and I know, um, of a couple different farms that have had people die because also kind of some equipment and tractor safety pieces They were not uh, operating the equipment in a safe way and and they tipped over and then they're trapped, you know, in a tractor, in a piece of equipment in, you know, this big pit of manure. And so that, you know, is another thing just to keep in mind too, that is not as common of an accident or concern, but again, I've, I've heard of it happening more than once.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, that's real. The, the guys that, are operating that equipment are so good at operating the equipment there there tends to be sometimes some complacency and uh it's amazing how fast they move in those situations to to get things done and yeah i could see it happening very quickly
0: yeah absolutely and that's on anything with farm safety you know you're right on joe like complacency is what kills um and so even though I don't care if it's your millionth time doing it, it only takes one time. Constant vigilance is gonna be key. All right, I think we're gonna wrap it there. Uh, we'll go through a couple plugs here really quick. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter at Umn Moose Room at Umn Farm Safety. If you're interested in more information about grain bin safety and other farm safety topics, you can visit extension.umn.edu slash farmsafety. You can also visit UMASH, that's U-M-A-S-H dot U-M-N dot E-D-U, the Upper Midwest Egg Safety and Health Center. They have a lot of great information as well. I think we're just going to leave the plugs there. Keep it nice and simple. No, wait, I'm also going to plug my YouTube channel, U of M Extension Farm Safety and Health. And there's also a U of M Extension Dairy and Beef YouTube channel as well that you can check out.
1: And if you have oh comments, gosh. questions, <laughs> scathing rebuttals, oh no, you I can send them to the moosroom at umn.edu.
0: You got it, Brad. Spell it out
2: T H E M O O S R O O M. I think I got it. You yes. did. At umn.edu.
0: All right. And just in case you missed that, you can email questions, comments, unscathing rebuttal to the Room at umn.edu. T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. Thanks everybody for listening. We will check in with you next week. Bye. Bye. We should just do a podcast about stubborn German farmers. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it is broke, don't fix it.